man. Oh, man. Wednesday, it's here. Wow. Amazing. Feeling nice. Hump day. Awesome. What is up? Only one thing is up in my mind, Kyle. I got to tell you. Only what? one thing is up in my mind right now. And that's that you're a betting bro. No, no. You have finally come no, around. You finally whoa. become a betting bro. Hey, bro. hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. I didn't no, 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 no. Not a betting bro. Such a betting bro. Maybe a betting second cousin. What's the What's the name of your latest episode of Sipping on a 40, Kyle? What is the name? Live Your Betting Life? Yeah. Freestyle. Off the Dome. Hey, man, if everyone who is listening to this actually does everything on their bucket list and doesn't give a fuck about anyone and just does dumb, you're living your best life. And B, you're living like Benny. Living like Benny. He, he, he lives dangerously. <laughs> yes, he lives he does. dangerously. Just like we like to do here on Silky and Filthy, man. So let's just freestyle this whole thing. Let's live a little dangerous. Okay, let's do it. Here we freestyle? go. Silky and Filthy. Okay. Welcome all you silky studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy, one of the great episodes here on the Nux Misconduct Podcast Network. I'm Trevor Beggs. We got the co-host Kyle Bowen on the show. We got some great things to talk about this week, including our guest Robin Pennington from our SB Nation friends at Jewels from the Crown. She hops on to tell us all the great things about Tyler Toffoli. Um, I'm so glad we're, that, the, that the Canucks are not in the Kings position anymore. You know, so so long, so long we've been. The one talking about our prospects, looking outside of the playoffs. But this year, this year, it's finally turned around. Yo, fuck prospects. Your Canucks are buyers for the first time since Derek Roy was a Vancouver Canuck. Wow. We're talking seven years since the Canucks wow. bought at the deadline. Wow. Listeners across the league, when your team's a buyer, it's scary, but it's also somewhat exciting. Because let's be real, we're, we're frightened. But, you know, the, the the excitement emotion is in there when you're frightened, you know? It's a little antsy. It's not bad. It's not a bad way to live. On the edge a little. Nobody knows what's happening in Vancouver right now. Real talk. Nobody knows what's happening across the league when it comes to Vancouver as well. People are probably confused. What is this team doing? Second round picks. One of the best college players in hockey. Jim Benning cannot be stopped. Yeah, he's a runaway train with no care for the prospects at all. But hey, there's the Magnificent Seven. There's the Magnificent Seven, man. We can always remember that. Count those off. Apparently, you Levy's not even on that list, man. What's going on? Dude, seven is such a weird number. But Let's it's be lucky. Real. Let's be real, man. They don't have ten. Good prospects. That's how the top seven they don't were have made, five. You know? Maybe exactly. Benning just like pulled seven names. Have. These are going to be our lucky seven. Seven. <laughs> this guy had the audacity Maybe like, to stand in front of Vancouver media... And say the word seven. Why couldn't he even say ten, you know? Just, you know, put the list a little higher. Might as well. Seven is just a weird number, bro. And it makes people obviously assume that that he's either A, telling the truth, or B, lying. And B, lying, that's the one that calls, uh, that causes the, you know, people being provoked. People were, people were laughing at that, man. Hell no. I would never do that, bro. I think that, yeah. I think there's two words to describe the Benning trade, in my mind. Reckless and exciting. It's go. a reckless trade, you know. It's not smart. 
It's, it's not. It's not really a smart trade. It could be smart. It's spanning, but it's at least reckless. Yo, no disregard or no regard. How for the can prospects. you be fooled by Benning? If you're fooled by Benning, you're under the age of thirteen. Real talk, because you don't, you can't read the signs. Real talk. How can he be fooled? He's been doing this forever, bro. Forever since he got here, just stirring the pot, doing whatever he wants to do. So, at this at this stage in my life, man, it's just like, yo, I'm not gonna waste time being surprised. And then, and then being negative about it because I'm just setting myself up, you know, for disaster. I'm just, I'm just, right now, I'm just like, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. What can he do? You're not going to stop this guy. He's not going to stop. Yo, he might trade a 2022 first round pick. I put some money on that, man. <laughs> Did you actually put some money on that? I would actually put some money on that right now. Bending <laughs> is fucking wild. The most wild dude in this city right now. That's, that's, that's the truth. That's including all the sky trains around this damn place, you know? He's he, he's crazier than them right now. He's on he's on one. He's on a different level. And you, there is definitely a bit of pressure from ownership, I think, too, you know? I think Francisco Aquilini's mentioned in the past, you know, he wants to, the Canucks won a Stanley Cup before his dad dies and his dad's like in his 80s. Yeah. I don't think Francisco Aquilini, like, the orders come from the top. And this guy, he, he probably wants the Canucks to win as fast as possible. Plus, he's trying to make money. So he's probably, he's probably thinking, man, I haven't played the, I haven't made the playoffs in four years. He wants those millions. That playoff revenue he wants coming millions. through the door. Why, why should he have to wait another year for that? Exactly. He wants those millions. This is why GMs don't last longer than five years Dude, if they yeah. miss the playoffs. And Aquilini, he's feeling himself too right now, man. He's got ride sharing in the city. You don't think he wants to see ride sharing in April and maybe March? You know how people have book vacations and look forward to that? I guarantee this guy has fantasized. About that exact thing, ride sharing in March from Rogers Arena. He, yo, probably in May. Aquilini, man, he definitely he definitely walked in, walked into uh, to the GM room sometime last week, even during Sedin week, because the team's been, been kind of struggling, not picking up much points. Everyone's caught up, and he he ripped them <laughs> straight bit, up. Yeah. He did. Yeah. What the fuck you doing? <laughs> That's what he started with. I do wonder though if Aquilini is all, is all in just because ride sharing's here now. He's like, you know, yeah, Uber, Uber lives is, here. Bro, this on. is the year. This guy loves now the city. Now we have to make it. There you go, man. Yo, this is the taking, most. He wants people taking Uber Lyft and thinking of him. This is the most Canucks talk we've ever started off the show with. Normally, it's bullshit and, or other things in the league because it's it's just a, you know an NHL show on the Nux Misconduct Network. But man, I, I think I think right now. It's just telling about how crazy this week has been, and it's, yeah, it's it's it was so random, bro. I can't explain the feelings. Yeah, there's two things. First, this is the Nux Misconduct Podcast Network. We know yeah, it's part talk we bullshit, Vancouver, but baby. we have to go on Vancouver. There's a, there's a Vancouver bias hey, going on here. And two, I think the Toffoli trade is one of the biggest stories in the NHL. Yes. I think it's one of the biggest trades of the deadline. Yes. It involves Jim Benning yes. being crazy. And yes. The Canucks, might, the Canucks are looking like the Blue Jackets last year in, oh. in a sense because <laughs> it's one of those stories where you're like, man, these guys are really just giving it all up. The Canucks really are the Blue Jackets. Jim Benning was inspired by the big balls of Yarmo Kekalainen. Hey, man. Big balls Benning. Big balls Benning, yeah. You can't... Nobody can say... Everyone can say that he maybe may have some may have some bad trades, may have signed some bad contracts, may have tampered a little bit, saying names, getting fined, blah, 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 trading picks, blah, blah, blah. But nobody can say that this dude doesn't have bigger balls than their, than their best friend. Because real talk. Jim Benning has the biggest balls in the world right now. 
Yeah, Jim Benning has some pretty big balls. Big balls. Indeed. Yeah, he's big balls Benning. Big balls Benning. I wonder big if balls I, Benning. Do you think Rob Blake's going to have to have some more big balls? Um, or do you like what's going on in L.A. right now? Hey, man. <laughs> L.A. And they got the L.A. is a boring, boring team. And it's about to turn around. Does that mean they're going to have success next year or the, or the year after that? No, it doesn't mean that. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun because it's going to be different. You know what I'm saying? Finally. And it's probably sad for them too. I mean, being away from the league for a couple of years, I think I left around the time where, where LA was at their peak, winning their second cup. And just looking back at how far they've fallen, I don't even know if you want to use the word fallen, real talk, because you won cups. You know, it is what it is. That's that's the cost. That's the cost you got to pay sometimes. They were a damn good team, man. They were. Yeah. Back in the day, looking even when Toffoli was had that 30-goal year, like they they were deep. And Anze Kopitar, one of the best players in the league. Yeah, they had a good run, you know. Two cups in three years. And Drew Doughty, baby. Are you that guy? That guy's fucked up. That guy's one of the best players in the league. Well, they had he the may still be one of the best players in the league, man. He's crazy. They had the perfect trifecta of what everyone wants in hockey, and that's the number one defenseman, the number one center, and the number one goaltender. But uh, don't listen to us on the Kings talk. We got Robin Pennington on. Uh, our SB Nation friends from Jewels from the Crown. Go check them out. And here's Robin telling us about the Foley and everything else to do with the Los Angeles Kings and how she's now a Canucks fan. So here we are, Robin Pennington. All right. Joining us now on the Silky and Filthy podcast from our SB Nation friends over at Jewels from the Crown, it's Robin Pennington. Robin, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, God. We're, we're happy to have you here. You know, it's the Kings have had a lot of good times over the past 10 years. I know right now it's not the same, but good times are coming in Vancouver. So we, we really wanted to bring you on it first and foremost t- to tell us all the great things about Tyler Toffoli. Uh, but the first question I got to ask, you made a comment on the Nux Misconduct page there. So a, f- a few people might have seen it, but apparently Tyler Toffoli's nickname is Cupcake. Uh, yes, that was me. I, I was the one who came on to Nux Misconduct and said, please take good care of Cupcake. Um, it's, it's a strange story. I don't know exactly where it came from. It's one of those silly fan things. Um, okay. So back in the day, Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, and Martin Jones were like best buds. Uh, three young 20 somethings coming up in the league all at the same time. And they all played together in Manchester, which was their AHL affiliate at that time. So, you know, I mean, they, they kind of had a longish history together, and they're just trying to make their way in the world all at the same time. So um, they have each other to lean on. And somebody within the Kings organization found out that Tyler Toffoli loves to go over and hang out at Martin Jones and Tanner Pearson's house a lot. Um, there was a thing that Toffoli admitted or maybe it was Pearson who called him out on it, but Toffoli basically liked to go over to their house and take naps on their couch. Oh, um, wow, he's got good friends. <laughs> yeah. And then it it came out somehow that Toffoli loves cupcakes or he eats a lot of cupcakes or something. Um, so all the fans just started calling him Cupcake after that. Well, you know what? That's uh, <laughs> It's more interesting than the one nickname I read. I, I read his rookie profile when I was doing some research on him, and he used to be nicknamed Tough. And I just thought Cupcake was way more creative. <laughs> um, can I swear on here? Yeah, of course. Of course you can. Swear as much as you <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, 
he he self-ascribed his own nickname in um, Junior as Top Titty. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's much better than Tough. Actually, that's probably the best one on the list. Let's be real. Yeah. I personally find Cupcake more original than Top yeah, Titty. Yeah, it I mean, is. It's a little more original. <laughs> and it relates like, to him as a person, so... <laughs> Well, he gave himself the nickname Top Titty and Junior. And he's like, yeah, because I like to go Top Titty. <laughs> That's sick, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, this guy's my favorite player. <laughs> yeah, I hope John Shorthouse says it on the podcast, you know? <laughs> right? We got like Shotgun Jake, now we got Top Titty. We got to get that going in the market over here. Let's go. <laughs> Maybe Man. a bit of a, de- a debate with Cupcake as well, though. I, I like both nicknames because... Uh, and I love hearing players about about players like eating junk food and cupcakes. Like we heard about Daniel Sedin last week during his retirement ceremony, get roasted by Kevin Bieksa for being a candy addict. Basically, exactly, you know, yeah. these guys work hard, man. You know, and I, they're humans, yo. You don't like candy? You don't like cupcakes? I, I fuck with cupcakes, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Tyler Foley's favorite flavor of cupcake is? I hope it's red velvet, man. <laughs> so we have the same, you know, same favorite. <laughs> Well, he said on one of the scoreboard features, he's like, I, I don't know how I got that nickname. I don't even like cupcakes that much. I was like, oh. Oh, uh, backtracking. Wait, 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 wait. What? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just, God, just be honest with this, Tyler. It's okay. Just be honest. It's all good. <laughs> it's okay, Tyler, you're in a safe space now. Daryl Sutter can't come after you and, t- <laughs> and tell you that you're playing poorly. <laughs> Man. Oh, Dale. Sorry. Yeah, that, was, awesome. that was probably, uh, I mean, it was Tyler Toffoli's best influence, though, you'd say. I mean, he rode Toffoli to hard, but uh, he rewarded him and during those 2014 uh, Stanley Cup finals for sure. Um, kind of leads me to one other thing I want to ask you, and maybe it's from this time range, but uh, what was your favorite Tyler Toffoli moment while he was in LA? Oh, there's so many. Um, okay. Well, not to be cliched or anything, but he set up the Stanley Cup game-winning goal in 2014. So um, that was probably one of my favorite moments. But and I'm going to cheat here. But my second favorite moment was um, in the throwback gold jerseys. I think they were playing the Flames. Um, Tyler Toffoli scored a hat trick. So yeah. one, it's against their division rivals, and two, they're in the sick gold jerseys. So and Fine. it's a hat trick. Yeah, and it was the first the first career hat trick too for Tyler Toffoli at the time that one. I remember that. Yeah, well, that wasn't why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the jerseys, you know. Just, yeah, it's the jersey. Fair <laughs> enough. Really, oh, yes. Well, okay. Oh. I'm a little down on their black and silver and their obsession oh, with black and silver, which man. started with Gretzky. Yeah. I'm like, please give me color. I want color. Oh, I said it this week too, and I, straight I, up when I tweeted out like uh, the Tyler Toffoli post on next misconduct, I had the picture of him with the hat trick in the Kings jersey, and yeah, people do not like that jersey, but it's. It's, I don't know. It's, I miss the purple. I really do. Straight up. It's nice. I miss like Adam Deadmarsh, LA Kings, you know? It's LA too. It looks LA. <laughs> it is what it is. They should, they, 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 they should bring that one back. Or do you think, Robin, that they should go to the full yellows all time? Would you want Ooh. the yellow and purple? Right back to the 70s. Okay. Um, I like the, the, their 50th anniversary throwbacks, the all gold. Um, cause I like that, like, no disrespect to Adam Deadmarsh, who was amazing, but his jersey was only okay. Well, I didn't like I didn't like the crest that they had, the the logo that they had, the chevron. I thought that was kind of boring. Um, but the like, if you give me the crown, that that OG crown, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a be- it's a beautiful piece of art. Yo, shout out Adam Denmark, yeah. yo. I remember that guy. One of the first hockey players I remember. Oh, two. You know, <laughs> straight up, Adam Denmark, Colorado Avalanche. That's that's a great name. 
<laughs> yeah, who's a bigger Kings legend? Tyler Toffoli or Adam Denmark? <laughs> great question. That's a great question. Yeah. Defo- um, Yari Curry. <laughs> 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 uh, I thought it was going to be Tanner Pearson, actually. Maybe Dwight King. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight King was a legend. Yeah, he was sick. Luongo's twin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Dwight King. Well, he was he was interesting. Um, the, the, the fans had their own special sort of relationship with Dwight King. Oh, really? I don't think I've heard about this. You should enlighten, enlighten the people on the podcast. Everyone, the whole hockey world wants to know more about Dwight King. So I need to hear this. <laughs> I don't, I mean, there's not much that I know about him, like, as a player. Um, I think he was one of the few, like, players of color that have been in the league. Um, I know Jordan Nolan was a First Nations player, right, but right. I'm not, I think Dwight King was also First Nations, but I'm not 100% sure so, about yeah. that. Um, but he always, just because of the way he's built, he, and no disrespect to Dwight King, if you're listening, but he had the serial killer smile. <laughs> Yo, look at we're looking at his photo. Yeah, but, he did. But sometimes, yeah, look, look at this at one on Elite Prospects right now. He's just he's kind of got like a Joker smile, you know. His, his head's tilted down a bit, his chin's tucked in, and he's just got the the big smile on his face. Oh yeah, straight up. And he's got dead eyes. Like in every picture I've ever seen of him, he has dead, hollow eyes. Yes, <laughs> I'm just looking at this and I'm scared. Yo, this guy should have his own show on Netflix. You I was know? gonna say maybe he can be in the remake of like Halloween when they remake that movie oh, again. Oh wow, good, uh, good Mike Myers. You Yo, know? why is he looking at me like that? <laughs> Yo, uh, Next Battle, qu- of Pala- Next <laughs> Battle of Battle of California, which I think is dead now. <laughs> yeah, um, R.I.P. Battle of California. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, but they used to have, back in 2014, 2013 and 2014, they had so many Dwight King jokes, like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, wow, I never knew about that, Dwight King, just, uh, just butted the jokes, but okay, yeah, you, okay, I know, okay, that's, okay. that's dangerous though, man, you don't really want to fuck with the guy with the serial killer look in his eyes, you know? <laughs> I mean, that was also the thing, like, Battle of California always thought he was, like, a serial killer. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that, legend. Some scary times during that era. Um, I was going to ask you too about, you guys have had a lot of good times in the past few years, but you know, the market's a bit down in, in LA right now for Kings fans, obviously. It's, it's, it's not so good. RIP Battle of California, once again. Um, I was wondering, like from the 2014 Cup win, you know, with or at least with two Cup wins in the past 10 years, is there some longevity or acceptance from fans for some losing right now? Or is it, is, or is there too many other sports going on in LA? Does, do the Kings kind of lose interest pretty quick out there? Um, the thing about the rumor about, you know, LA and being like, it has to be a winner's town. It's sadly, absolutely a hundred percent true. If you're not winning, you have no interest to the fans. And that goes for literally every sport. It goes for MLS, MLB, NBA, and it goes for the NFL now as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking too, you know, you look at all the other LA teams, you know, the Dodgers and Clippers, uh, the Lakers, the Rams, these are all like really good teams for the most part. So uh, it's hard. The Kings are like pretty far down the list right now over the past couple of years, which is something that uh, they haven't been used to recently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a touchy subject with the fans. They're they're very split on this idea because a couple of years ago, Dean Lombardi was dismissed, and they kind of had this almost haughty idea that with the with the team that at the time included Toffoli and Pearson. Um, and Alec Martinez, who just got traded today, um, it's like, oh, this team should be better. They should be competing for playoff spots. And I mean, it, a lot of it did come down to Daryl Sutter's um, style of coaching. And it just 
it wore too thin on the players during the regular season. It's great because he's he's really a brilliant coach. I mean, chess-wise, he is a master of moves. Like, you cannot find anybody except for maybe Joel Quenville, who's as smart as he is when it comes to strategic thinking. Unfortunately, a lot can happen in 82 games. And then roster turnover, it just... There wasn't enough infusion of high-skilled players, and the league just changed so rapidly from 2014 to 2016. I mean, it's it's two, three seasons, and you're going, holy crap. But at the same time, you're getting, like, Bo Horvat coming in, you know? So you got all these young players, Connor McDavid, and, and the East had this massive resurgence, and the Kings just couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting too, and we, we got to get into it because, you know, you look at the numbers and the, the possession stats are pretty good. The Kings are actually getting a lot of pucks on net, and but they're obviously they're the second worst team for scoring goals. The NHL only Detroit's worse. Why why is LA having yeah, so much Detroit. trouble? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did that win last night against Montreal though? It was clutch. Oh, great win by Detroit. <laughs> I, I felt good for them last night. That was that was a nice moment. You know, you've, yeah, when these teams are losing, sometimes you like it when they win. You know. Especially right now, the Kings are playing spoiler. The more they, if they beat, get wins against specific division teams, you know, like all of a sudden we're loving them. Oh, go Kings. Yay, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, back to the goal scoring. Why haven't they been able to score goals? Is it, are they just unlucky? Do they just not have finishers? Um, like what's going on right now? It's a combination of both factors, really. A lot of it is poor luck, but a lot of it is also that they just don't have the skill. I mean, Toffoli, he got he has 18 goals this year, but I mean, last year was kind of a down year for him, and that was part of the reason that the org soured on him, which is a, a shame in my opinion. And then you know, Tanner Pearson was also struggling, but while we do consider them on most other teams' top six players. I think the expectation was much higher for them in Los Angeles, but at the same time, you're relying a lot on depth players like Kyle Clifford and Trevor Lewis, and while they have their place, they don't score that much. Yeah, it's been down for sure, and you're right. There's just such a lack of finishers on that team. You see Alex follow, which, you know, he's getting like the second most ice time among forwards, I think, for the Kings right now, and... You know, I think most casual fans in the league would have no idea who this guy is. And he's like, you know, one of your guys' best forwards. So, but, <laughs> I mean, you look at the infusion of talent. We're kind of laughing in Vancouver today because Jim Benning talked about the Canucks <laughs> having seven good prospects. And I think I heard saw something from King's Twitter where that just, like, kind of said LOL and just listed, like, twice as many prospects. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's looking pretty good for you guys right now in that department. So, like, for the, for the diehard King fans who are st sticking with the team right now, like, are, are, you, are they feeling excited down there? Yes and no, because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it too in, in Vancouver where you have this really, really exciting player in juniors or somebody who's lighting it up in college and university and they look so good in the AHL and all of a sudden they come to the NHL and they just, it just isn't the same. The NHL is a whole different beast. Facts, it is, facts. I mean, they have the lowest success rate for a reason because it is literally the best league in the world and you're playing with incredible players but I mean it's at least for me I have a healthy skepticism but there's 
but being named as the the team with the top prospect pool, that's definitely exciting for fans. Yeah, exactly. You know, congrats to you guys on that one. Not bad. Not bad. 100%. Robin, <laughs> Robin's just a realist. You know, she knows what's up. They're just prospects. But it's good to have that many good ones or just even on a list. You know, fans Yeah. Fans like to see that, especially when you're at, you're at the bottom. Speaking of the fans, uh, what's their relationship like with Rob Blake? Um, That's a really good question. A lot of it is kind of frustration that the team got so bad so quickly. But... I mean, part of it was, it seemed like when Blake took over, there wasn't really much of a plan. It was uh, stay the course. But now it's not, now it is a full-scale rebuild. I mean, I think they have, from their 2014 Cup-winning team, I think they have five players left. And four of them are on, no, I think they have six players left, and then four of them are on, five of them are on really bad contracts. Kopitar, Dowdy, Trevor Lewis, and Jonathan Quick, and Carter. So, Trevor Lewis is the only one on a good contract. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, and there's so much dead money, too, in L.A. as well. I mean, you look at the DM Phaneuf contract. Holy crap. <laughs> well, that's, actually, um, that's actually not what's good. Well, okay, that is going to hurt the Kings, but what really hurts the Kings next year is Kovalchuk. So his $6 million is staying on the cap until next year. So, and between that and FNUF, which is a little over $4 million, and then Mike Richards' buyout, they have $11 million in dead weight. Yeah, that's that's rough. We, we it's, it's funny, we complain about it here in Vancouver, too. We like You talk about Luongo, you talk about Berchi. Um, that's like $6.5 right there among like Erickson and others. But yeah, you look Holy. at this. I mean, FNUF and Kovalchuk together, that's, that's, a crazy, that's a crazy dent to your cap. Yeah, and, and those are two of the moves that have fans a little bit uneasy, I'll say, with Rob Blake. They're a little wary right now because, I mean, from afar, everybody was going, no, don't trade for FNUF, do not trade for FNUF, and, and Rob Blake goes, yeah, this is going to be a really good move to get us back into the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, surprise, it wasn't. Um, and then the Kovalchuk move, that was half skepticism, half optimism, because he was still doing pretty good in the KHL, and it's like, well, he's still got hands. We need a guy uh, who can score on the power play, because LA has had historically really bad special teams, or at least really bad power plays. Um, but Kovalchuk just didn't work out, so of course, as soon as he lands somewhere else, he's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, it just never seemed like it was a fit there, which is weird, because he had two different coaches, but yeah, it was just a weird fit for Kovalchuk in LA for for whatever reason. But um, yeah, it's not going to look so good once uh, once Bridge Van trades him for something, right? That's <laughs> that might that might. Uh, do you think it's going to affect their relationship with uh, Rob Blake at all? Oh, it will. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how how it goes with wherever Kovalchuk lands next. Because I know a bunch of Montreal fans want to keep him because he's doing really well. But Montreal thinks they can make the playoffs. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they did think that for a while. I, I think right now they, they're going to be in trouble. I, the Red Wings kind of buried their season there. <laughs> All those Red Wings. I'm, I'm hoping the Kings play spoiler at some point. But I want to ask you this before we, before we wrap up here on Silky and Filthy, Robin. When do you think the Kings will be a good team again? Great question. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I just did a. 
I just did a cap perspective on Toffoli and why it made sense to trade him um, business-wise. I mean, sentimentally, it hurts to see him go. But from a cap's perspective, from a cap perspective, I was like, okay, this totally makes sense. Um, I think they have, well, so according to Cap Friendly, they have 10 players that they will need to roster next year. And then the year after that, they only have seven players that are currently signed to contracts. So I think it's going to be a while, probably at least a couple of years, depending on how quickly their prospects pan out, if they pan out. Yeah, that's a big F for sure for the LA Kings. I'm wondering too, what what are prospects excites you the most in LA right now? Um, that's a really good question. Um, fingers crossed, but it looks like Gabriel Velarde is alive and well. Uh, yeah, has- Gabriel <laughs> Velarde. Oh, woo! Throwback. What a nice name, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Kale Clegg, he is uh, an interesting name. He's got really good skating skills, and that would be a really good replacement for the recently departed Alec Martinez. Um, Tobias Bjornfoot is another defenseman who is really interesting. Um, But I'm going to say probably Alex Turcotte. He's a small boy, but he looks like he could be really interesting. Yeah, I think I, I got to say, Turcotte looks like he has the highest upside of the group. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see him because he, he is a, a bit of an enigma. I mean, with the injuries and everything, but man, he looks like he could be a, a really good player in the NHL. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Well, how about this? Hoping for something else. Um, Rob, I got to ask you this before we go. With the Kings not making it to the playoffs, wh- which specific team would you cheer for if you had to choose one? Um. Vancouver. I, I, I choose the Meteor. <laughs> oh, you got, you got to choose Vancouver. No, you got yeah. your boys. No, no, no. She's the full no, we'll Yo, the them. Kings and the Canucks, you know, <laughs> they, they actually had a rivalry, you know, so yes, I would, no, I, I would I, never I, cheer for the Kings. <laughs> Sorry. I, I will admit that I told Kent that I, I will, I root for Toffoli and Pearson, so I do wish that the Canucks will have a long playoff run. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. That's... Plus you. That's exactly what we want to hear. Exactly Thank what we want you. to Thank hear. You. That's some clickbait <laughs> right there. Ro- Robin, thanks so much for hopping on Silky and Filthy. We appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or, or uh, say before you go? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I am Robin underscore JFTC. That is Robin with a Y. Or follow JFTC underscore Kings on Twitter and check out my to fully traded for cap reasons. I'm going to plug that. There you go. Plug it all. Go find her on Jewels from the Crown. Robin, thanks again for hopping on. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's going on, everybody? Yes, Silk Studs? I'm Trevor Beggs. You're listening to Silky and Filthy. Cal Bowen here, Hidden Buttons. You just heard Robin Pennington from Jewels from the Crown. Great stuff from Robin. You know, it's it's not great easy. Great stuff. It's not easy to talk with the Los Angeles Kings right now, but she killed it. It was a great well, conversation. She killed it. Can I just run this for her? Yo, it makes me happy that she's podcasting a lot, you know? Off the record, she said that she had a third one booked. She's podcasting a lot. Great voice. Shout out Robin. She knows her kings. She really does. She taught me a lot, man. Like, 
it, yeah, just added more sentimental value to what the Kings were and what they are now. And I, I kind of feel for those fans, you know, those fans that actually care for the L.A. Kings, because that's a hard thing to do. To love the Kings in L.A. Wow, you're so nice, man. I, you, yo, I'm you feeling feel, it right now. You feel for the L.A. fans? I don't feel shit for them, man. They won two cups in the, in the past decade. I feel, for, I, I, I feel for them in the sense that this is probably a reminiscing time, you know? There's a couple Kings fans right now cracking a couple beers, and they're just, they're just talking about Toffoli and Martinez. That, that You know, they're, they're talking about it. Yeah, that's that cup that winning goal. the cup winning combination right there. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. No, fair enough. I should be, I should be less I mean, look, ruthless. Look at Vancouver. Can't get over shit. Can't get over 94. They've done like... They've done like five five times where they brought that team back to drop that puck at center ice, that 94 team. Imagine what a, what a cup would do. People definitely talking about this shit. People people are sad somewhat about the Toffoli-Martinez news. Hey, shout out LA, man. I'm going back in June. Hey, can we just... Hey, there's a bullshit. <laughs> What's going on, man? It's puck talking bullshit, bro. What's going on? I'm going to LA soon. You're going to LA, you man. Jesus. Look at you go. Yeah, you know. What are you doing in LA? The gym. What are you I don't doing? know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Who knows? Who knows? Ask me what I'm gonna look like, though, man. You're probably gonna look like the Hulk by this point, man. <laughs> hey, Holy crap, ladies in I'm LA. Sc- I'm getting scared of you, man. Ladies in LA, yo, I'm coming through. If you like hockey, you just heard Robin on the program. Maybe the, you know the the analytics will change for this episode. Maybe some LA ladies are listening to this. I'm coming through in June. You want to talk some hockey? That's all we got to talk. That's all we got to do. Talk some hockey in LA. I've always wanted to do that. You know, talk hockey. The beautiful lady in Los Angeles. Can that, that happen? Great. On Venice Beach? Do you bro. know on Venice Beach? Bro, I'd be tweeting about it for years. <laughs> Should live stream it. Wear <laughs> <Nah. laughs> hey, some man. of those goggles with the, with the um, uh, sorry, swimming goggles with the camera in them. Oh. Let's do it, man. Ladies, I saw, I saw Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Boom. Oh, man. I'd be smooth on the hockey podcast, man. Yeah, someone's got to be smooth. Why not? Why not have a... Me and my girl, let's play hockey on the same team, co-ed team. Why not? That'd be cool. Same co-ed team. 2020, man. Shirts or or skins. Hey, anything, bro. Anything, man. It's 2020. (laughs) Everything's accepted. You're going to work over six months and not go skins? It's not about... Yeah. Hey, you actually, I don't got to show anyone shit. It's just about the, it's about hey, the head, right. bro. You don't want to be that guy because I, 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 I do know one guy. Yeah. And sometimes he, he likes to show his body a bit too soon. Dude, shut the fuck up. You didn't, you didn't have your shirt on once during your wedding, bro. I just don't like wearing a shirt. I'm not showing hey, off anything. There's hey. a difference, man. No, There's no. How difference. do you know your homie wasn't Oh, because to show my body up. will like lift up his shirt and like talk about his abs, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who is this fucking guy? <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? That's a bullshit, Hey, Hey, whatever, man. 2020, you know? Yeah, you're about let's... to do it. Imagine breaking the ice like that. Hey, ladies. Want to see me flex? What? That's so weird. <laughs> Unless it works. Who knows? People are different, man. How's life, though, man? What's new? How's White, How's White Rock, man? Oh, well, the I took, sun I, is shining I took the now. wife on a beautiful Valentine's Day date. Got the roses. No? That's what I'm talking about, man. Just being a good all-around guy, man, you know? So how beautiful was it? It was probably the greatest Four course time, meal. Man. Oh, it's the first time I had caviar. Woo. First time I had Tell caviar. Tell me about it. Nice. Tell me about it. Oh, well, it, was, it was a little cheaper. It was part of like a four course meal. I don't it was give like a in fuck. a little in a little bun or something. Like on a bun mm. with some smoked salmon. So what? Fuck, it was good though. So caviar is the fish eggs, right? Yeah, it's, it's like sturgeon fish eggs. They're black. Sturgeon? Like, yeah. The big ass fish? Yeah. So with these big ass fucking eggs? Well, not big no, ass they're, eggs. They're, big, like, they're bigger, but they're, they're bigger not that much caviar. Bigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's tasty. Little, it's, yeah, it's salty. It's salty, but it's good. I like it. I like the How little pop th- of fish eggs in the mouth. 
Oh shit! Delicious, so it's got bro. that texture, eh? Yeah. Some people, some people hate fish eggs. I love it. I'm a big fish egg guy. Some people hate fish in general. There, there are some workplaces. Oh, no, come on, I no, there are some workplaces who don't even let you microwave fish. <laughs> Is that foodism? Can I take a, a that bit. to W? I the WCC or whatever it's called. I used to be that kid in elementary school. I'd have the egg salad sandwich and the tuna sandwich. And people, I'm sure people are like, bro, like put that fucking shit away. And I'm like, no, I'm asking my lunch. I got to eat it. Exactly. You should. Delicious. Yeah. Don't hate on the egg salad sandwich. And what's wrong with the nice tuna fish? I love tuna, man. Delicious. What's wrong with the little bit of tuna fish, man? You listen to silky and filthy puck talking bullshit. Shout out Robin. Trevin, man, what, what else do we got to talk about today? Well, I got a couple of tasty takeaways. Okay. Got to bring those to the table. A couple before we end the, end the episode. Okay. We had a lot of Canucks talk. We had some Kings talk. But I also want to talk about a couple other teams. So one of my tasty takeaways is Florida's crazy lineup and has Joel Quinville lost his mind. <laughs> because, bro, this guy has used three defensemen at forward in the past couple of weeks. He just, he's like, fucking this, around. Just he's Quimble, having fun. He's won his three cups. He's just in yeah. Florida. Yeah. He's like, wow, whatever, man. Exactly, bro. This is what Quenville's doing. He's like, I'm going to prove to everyone and take my shot here that I'm the best coach alive that that's ever been alive. He's taking his shots. He can take that risk. You know what? Let's play three, three defensemen over the stretch of game as fours. Maybe it works out and I look like a genius and turn the season around. Yeah, maybe, man. That's what he was thinking because he can't. When you're that great and you have that much to back it up, where nobody cannot say you're great, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's why I admire Jim Benning. Jim Benning literally acts like he's the best general manager of all time. Yeah, Jesus. He, he does those <laughs> things. He really acts like that. It's crazy, man. Uh, hey, man, you got you got to Benning gone wild. Hustle. Benning's gone wild, and, and maybe Quenville's got wild, gone wild. But he's he's a hundred percent allowed to go wild. Yeah, why not? It's, just, it's bizarre to see, like, Ekblad, Trocek, and Hoffman were on a line together. Nice. That actually sounds pretty awesome. It does sound awesome. He also had Strawman, Skeevier, and Hallerchuk. Okay, how hard line. would that be? We don't play hockey, right? We're just a little, you know, a couple commentators. I mean, yo, I, I've actually played all positions. Uh, come on, bro. We're not talking about you as an 11-year-old. Okay, we're not comparing <laughs> that shit, okay? <laughs> I'm talking uh, to, Do you think... I mean, we've seen it with Bufflin and Brett Burns. I mean, who... Let me ask you this, okay? Who would be... The next defenseman to become an elite forward or vice versa. The next defenseman in hockey right now. To become a good forward or vice versa. Like, who's the next? You know what I'm saying? Like, these multi-positional players. Who, who is that guy? Bro, like Quinn Hughes, maybe? <laughs> Damn. No, but no, no, But he's a defenseman no. permanently. I see what you mean. Yes. I think Quinn Hughes needs the ice more than... You know, he needs, he needs, he's better with more ice in front yeah. of him. So give him yeah. all that space back there. You know, one guy who kind of comes to mind because he's a little bit reckless. We've used that word a couple times today is Matt Dumba in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Because Dumba puts up a lot of points, he's a little reckless. I could see him being a forward. Okay, cool. You but, need that recklessness, you know? And I, I think someone like he's not so good defensively that you couldn't take him off of there. Like there's other guys like Yosi too, but Yosi's such a stud. You would not, you would never pull him off defense. We're talking about Yosi, he's the same thing. They need happen. the ice, you know? Yeah. They need that ice. Yeah. I guess maybe like PK Subban in his prime. Yeah, that'd be cool. Could, yeah. He was trusted a lot on defense too, though. Mm-hmm. And you can't even say a name like Eric Carlson in his prime too, because he he needs that ice. Yeah. Hmm. Who else? That's a that's actually a good I would, question. How about yeah. Surrey Boy Brendan Dillon? You know, he bangs some bodies. Yo, yeah, he could be a fourth line winner. Yeah, why not? He'd, Yo, be, Surrey, he'd be better than Tim Trout. Surrey boys can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, West Coast bias. Brendan Dillon's gonna win another cup, possibly. Win the yo, he may win the Conn Smythe. <laughs> the con smite's coming to Surrey, man. Yo, there we go. The con smite oh, is coming wait. to Tap House, yo. Holy shit. Dylan, go get that con smite, yo. Good. Home with the West Coast buys. I think one team who's not going to be winning any awards this season, perhaps not, are the Toronto Maple Leafs. And 
<laughs> I just got to talk about why Toronto's still the worst, man. They're so funny. Uh-oh. Yeah, I had the Steve Simmons this morning. He was trashing uh, the Leafs in in this in the Toronto Sun. Ooh, and nobody likes that. Right? Is, when this, this guy goes off, ooh. this team is probably going to be in the playoffs, right? It's going to come down to Florida or Toronto. Um, I also think it's funny how last season. Do you remember this, Kyle? Where last season the Leafs fans were hoping for that one to eight structure in the playoffs. Yes, you, like, I heard it on the question. You, you killed it. Fair. You killed it. I just think it's the funniest thing ever. What happened? What's going on now this year? Toronto's ninth place in the East. They're only in the playoffs because they're third in the Atlantic. I just want to hear the Leafs fans now. Where you at? Where you at, Leafs fans? They're, ironically, they're not quiet. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're mad as fuck. They're vocal right now. Yeah, they the really are going to make the playoffs unless Florida beats them. And I actually want to ask you this: Who would you rather see in the playoffs, the Panthers or the Maple Leafs? I think oh. I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. Well, first of all, this Steve Simmons dude, right? A lot of people hate this dude around the league. You hear it all the time, right? Because he's always just coming at you. If you are being written about in a negative tone by this dude, it's, it's a big deal. A lot of people are going to read it. Look how he started this one, man. This is this not team is a mess. This is not a time for Dubis to be worrying about Monday's trade deadline in the National Hockey League. This is a time to assess... Wow. And try to make sense of the disaster. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Simmons, you never failed to disappoint. As disappointing a year as I can remember, considering the circumstances, the salaries, bro. He had to put that one in, the, the, the salaries and the expectations. Okay, that's the biggest thing. Fuck the whole salary thing. It's the expectations. Like, yes, they, they, they paid a whole bunch of players a lot of money, but those players are great players. And in this new era, it was bound to happen where a team was going to kind of have to do that. Toronto, in my opinion, though, they've had a lot of shit happen to them this year. Obviously, when Freddie Anderson's not 100% and or just misses time, that team just falls off completely. They really do. But if they squeak in, I just wouldn't want to play... I wouldn't want to play Austin Matthews in a playoff series, man. I really wouldn't. Yeah, and you kind of say the same thing about Connor McDavid, too. Yeah. But it, it really... If the same problems are, you know, plaguing the Leafs in the playoffs, so they're not going to get out of the first round. So, so so what's going on here, Trevor? Are you telling me that people are actually <laughs> saying this? And I'll paraphrase, but did Pat Maroon change the fucking league? Is that what people are fucking telling me right now? Is this the way it was supposed to? No! Hockey was supposed to be cool again. Yo, just clear my mind up, man. Is Pat Maroon, or did Pat Maroon change the NHL? People, every every team needs toughness. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know if he changed the NHL, but I think he's definitely influenced some teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Pat Maroon, dude. If, if if Wayne Simmons comes to the Canucks, that's that's some Pat Maroon influence right there. Holy shit, this guy can't sign on July first, bro, and this guy's influencing the game. Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon. He's just got <laughs> such a memorable name, you know. Yo, it seems like I a guy you want to love. Dope dude. But who would have fucking thought, dude? This is incredible. So the Leafs, they're struggling because they're not tough. They don't have character. Is toughness the only thing that associates itself with character? What's going on here? Why, why do you think the Leafs are not there right now? Because people are looking at it as, as one of those things where they just have too many of the same type of players. I think there's... <laughs> I don't really know if I agree with that completely, to be honest with you. Go ahead. I don't give a fuck. I, I kind of think with Toronto as well, um, it's it mainly comes down to their defense. Like You can talk about the class of personalities and... You know, maybe they're not clicking. Maybe you have too many too many rich boys and they're just not playing as a team. And maybe that has to do with toughness and not standing up for each other. I do think that's one way you can bond. 
But I, I do think that's a bit of an easy cop out. I really think it just comes down to the defense. Like they just give up so many chances. And Frederick Anderson's been average. Like if, I think I said this on the quickie as well. But if Jacob Markstrom was average this season, oh yeah, the Canucks would the suck. The Canucks would be even worse than the Leafs. <laughs> they would. I mean, they had, they might be below the Leafs in the standings right now by a point. Yeah, actually. they are. Yeah, yeah, one point. Oh, no, maybe two points. Yeah. But anyways, you know, you look at the Canucks. If if Markstrom's not playing out of his mind. We're in a really similar spot. Like both the Canucks and Leafs actually have very similar problems. Yeah, but the expectations are so different. So yeah. it's okay, you know what I'm saying? But but no, you, you are you are right on that. Is like when Freddie Anderson's just not himself, and we've seen what he can do. He's just kind of like so steady, you know. He's just like a Markstrom type of thing, you know. Just steady, does his thing, makes a lot of saves. Because the Leafs defense has been trash for a while. I let me ask you this: Is it too early to? Too early to say that Dubis would be fired if they don't make the playoffs. They've shown that they will. Who's going to rescue them? Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think it is, but I wouldn't Ooh. be surprised if it happened and they missed the playoffs. You know, Damn. I wouldn't be shocked. Damn, bro! Now you got this dude just writing articles. Toronto center of the universe. Center. Of you think the Vancouver goes crazy? Toronto's probably nuts right now, right? Yeah. Oh, no, they got the Raptors, though, too, man. Come on, man. Well, I'm going to follow up one, uh, our, our pissing on Toronto takeaway to our praising Vancouver takeaway. Because this is almost the one-year anniversary of Jim Benning's best deal ever. Good Branson. His best trade. I remember, man. I remember sitting I call, in the office. I, oh, bro. Chatting with Coker about the deadline, and it happened right at, right, the end. right at lunch. And I was like, man, this trade. This trade's the best. I couldn't believe it was happening. I was stoked. It's the best trade Jim Benning's ever made. It's not even close. Unloading Erica Branson for Tanner Pearson, who looks like a 50-point player on this team. And part of that's a, a bit of faith in the player that he was just having a down year, but those are the kind of chances you make. Erica Branson, man. Hey, top pairing Dean Anaheim this year. Michael Delzato's a healthy scratch, though. Sometimes when you live your life and you don't give a fuck about things, you're going to take your L's. That's just the way it goes, you know? This was a big L for Benning before this trade. Trading for Erica Branson years ago. Yeah. Oh, it was a terrible deal. Dude, I came back from a ball hockey game. I was. I just remember being so choked. I called every single Canuck fan. I tried getting in touch with every single Canuck fan that I knew. I caught David, and we talked for like 40 minutes about this hey, damn you, trade. You called me that day. Dude. Branson just... <laughs> he would have been maybe a top four defenseman in 2001. You know what I'm saying? In 2001, yeah, he would have gone. He would have looked good beside Darian Hatcher. Yeah, <laughs> put on that like old Straight Dallas Stars up. jersey. Holy shit! He's one of the, he'd be one of the guys in the video games too who would have like the really small head and like the really huge body. You know, yeah. like NHL 2002 and it, like wasn't quite proportionate. Okay, let me ask you this now: Is get Branson's value high right now because you know everyone wants toughness? Because Pat Maroon changed the NHL. No, his, no? Value, his value okay. definitely okay. low. Okay. He's okay, a cool. top pairing defenser on another fucking bottom of the league. Team. Hey, man. I want character. I want to like no, bring, like, bring him on the podcast, on, man. man. Except we just said that about him, so he's never coming on. I just don't want the. I thought the NHL was on its way to being, you know, five three, five four, fourth liner, just a small motherfucker, you know, like Andreas Johansson, that that type of guy, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's that's the dream, man. That's the dream. Pat Maroon changed the NHL. Well, you know what? That's he's been traded a couple of deadlines recently too. Like he's been shipped around. Oh a lot. yeah, I know. Because every because he's changed. Yo, you want that guy who's gonna change the game on your team, bro? Come on, hot commodity doesn't sign doesn't sign on July first, but Pat Maroon is changing the NHL, changing the fucking NHL. He's more influential to the game 
than Austin Matthews. And Austin Matthews <laughs> tries the hardest. Oh, man. You're hilarious. Man. How much is that? How much is the ganja hitting you, Kyle? It's not the ganja's not hitting me. I'm just I'm just hearing these things. I was driving to the studio or to the gym before I got to the studio. And I think Sakaris and Price were, were talking about the same thing. They brought up Pat Maroon's name. Okay, all right. I swear on my life. Changing no, the NHL. No, 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 I I I added that part. It's not that <laughs> I just heard his name and I was like, yo, why do people still talk about this dude and how it associates with what teams want at the deadline? <laughs> And what teams need going into the playoffs and why Toronto sucks. Toronto Maple Leaf, the Toronto Maple Leafs suck because they don't have Pat Maroon. They should have signed Pat Maroon. Instead oh, of waste, instead of worrying about what they were gonna do with Marner, they should have spent a little bit of time Yeah, bro. Looking now, up on Pat Maroon. Now Tampa's got Pat Maroon and look how fucking well they're doing. Pat Maroon, man. The Pat Maroon stuff. Fucking Pat Maroon, man. Oh, wow. So Pat Maru was traded at the deadline uh, twice in 2016 and 2018. Uh, they looked to be like pretty good deals for both teams. Like no one got any one significance back for Pat Maroon. They signed as a free agent a couple of times, you know. Not not loved in the in the agent community, in the GM community. Yeah. But, you know, he just loved by Because nobody wants to sign this guy in July. They want to sign this guy in September, you know, compete for a spot, be a good guy in the room, show the way to the young guys. And then he's desirable as fuck in April. Or not April, sorry. In like February, March, where the trade deadline is. Everyone nope. wants him. Yo, should the Canucks trade for Pat Maroon? Should they trade, you know, 2022 third round pick for Pat Maroon? No, why, why would Tampa do it, though? They I, I'm just, yo, I don't, I don't, Jim Benning, like, does he have any more picks left? Shit, dude. Uh, Real don't, don't say that, man. <laughs> don't tell him it. Don't think he knows. Straight up, bro. Holy crap, man! That's oh, unbelievable. Man. Well, well, that could that could be a dangerous deal. I, I want to end the episode just by looking at some of the worst deadline deals in the last five years, man. Okay, let's we'll see, go. We'll see what happens with this trade deadline. I think most of the deals are already happening, um, and all of them I think have been pretty fair so far. So, some of these deadlines there's not some that are too bad, but revisionist history is always fun. Um, going back to 2019, I think the worst last year was Kevin Hayes for Brendan Lemieux in first. Mm-hmm. That was a rough trade, even yeah. though even though the Jets might have gotten their pick back. Um, the Kevin Hayes show was really short-sighted. Yeah. It's two pretty prime assets for a player who... And, and the team that didn't make it out of the first round. Kevin Hayes is pretty sick, though, man. He just didn't gel well there, you know? Yeah. And he's not worth seven million. And, oh, he's not worth seven mil. <laughs> Yo, this guy's... Yeah. But he's a sick player. Yeah, you're right. Will this guy be the next Pat Maroon? <laughs> he makes too much money, man. Pat Maroon's... Uh, he's a penny. They're, he's a guy like where you're pinching pennies. You're like, I love this guy, but I gotta get him for the right price. Holy shit. 25 goals was his career high. This guy's getting paid seven million dollars, bro. That's a lot that's of dough. A, that's why I'm gonna tell my kids, man. Just don't don't shoot to be the best. Yo, you know, don't, shoot I, to be good. Shoot to be great. Where do you think more mistakes You'll happen? Be the best in the family. Where do more that's mis- cool. Where do more mistakes happen? Trade deadline or free agency? Being from Vancouver, you would say free agency. Yeah, I think it's free agency in general. Hundred yeah, percent. Even looking back at some of these deadlines, you know, so there's some bad trades, but contracts seem to do more damage. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. In 2018. Ryan Hartman was traded from the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, first to the Nashville Predators, first round pick and a fourth round pick, and they, and Ryan Hartman didn't do shit for Nashville. And the next year they traded him for Wayne Simmons. Okay. See, yeah, it's just a bad trade, I think. Okay, you know, cool, cool. First well, it turned pick. out bad, and yeah, you never give up a first round pick yeah. for Hartman. Why? Grinder, he's like he's. He could have got JT Miller, yo. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's. It makes you it makes you feel better sometimes too when you trade a first for a player like JT Miller and he actually performs and then you see trades I like know, this for I a guy know, like Ryan Hartman straight up yeah uh, 2017 this is some some bad injury luck but it was between the, the Hansel trade and the Shattenkirk trade but I chose the Hansel trade 
Hensel traded from Arizona with a fourth-round pick to Minnesota for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. <laughs> wow. And the, and the first and second ended up being, like, pretty promising players right now. Benton? And, well, Hansel did nothing. Uh, Pierre-Olivia Joseph, who was part of the uh, Kessel trade, and then Kevin Ball, who uh, was on the Canadian World Junior no, team I was talking well. about the Wild GM was probably Fenton, right? That motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was from the Coyotes. It was John Chica. Oh, who was the Wild GM, though? Oh, the Wild. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. You're right. Yeah, Paul yeah. Benton. That guy. You know, Jim Benning was on his level at one point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the worst in the league at one point. But uh, now you're a betting bro, so we're, we're past hey, those days, not a man. betting bro, man. Betting cousin, man. Second cousin. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 2016, we actually mentioned this on the show the other day. Uh, Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weiss um, for <laughs> Philip Deneau and a second-round pick. Chicago kind of uh, took the bait on that one. Yo, did Dale Weiss change the NHL, man? Like, I'm just trying to think of all these examples. Yo, he, cha- he changed the Netherlands. He changed the Netherlands, for sure. I'm trying to think of all these examples, you know, of, like, what you need going into the playoffs. Yeah, I got Motherfuckers need Dale Weiss and Pat Faroon, There's an example of the la- of uh, another guy in the last one, too, that I got you. He's been shipped at a few deadlines. But there wasn't any terrible trades in 2015. But um, what am I looking at here? James was new to you when he got traded to the Anaheim Ducks mm, yeah, for a third round pick for Bork, William Carlson, and our second round pick. Eh. And James Wisniewski didn't do anything for the Ducks. It was just funny, more so to see was uh, yeah, yeah. William Carlson yeah. become a superstar. You superstar. Kind of forget, you kind of forget that he was part of the Ducks organization to start with. Hundred percent. Ducks could really use a guy. Depth, though, the Ducks just had tons and tons of prospects, man. At one point, like even like they kind of still do right now, yeah. but a lot of them, none of them are shaping up to be exactly a superstar. It's been a bit of a tough go there. Yeah, they need the to Terry's, just, Max Steals. They just need some studs up front, you know. So they've been able to, you know, do pretty good getting players in the back end, but that shit up. Like, yeah, you just mentioned a couple players there, you know. Damn, how's it going, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling burnt out right now, man. <laughs> We're just talking a long time. That was a fun episode, man. It's been good. Silk and Filthy. Knoxville's Content Network. Always a good time. 100%. We don't even have time for Meanwhile in Canada, man. Fuck, man. Do you have a story? No, I got nothing. Should I, I got, go on, should I just go on Global and we'll do one in a minute? Oh, I I, heard, I read one in the news today. You want to do a Meanwhile Canadian right from the top of my head? Of course, man. We're yeah. Canadian. Of course, we're going to run Meanwhile in Canada before we get the fuck out of here. Each day, a busy beaver can shift 10 times its own body weight. Alrighty then. I grew up in Canada. I have not been around someone who wasn't high on pot for the past 15 years. Nancy, please don't trip on me, baby, okay? Did we get her done? Well, that depends. Can you go fuck yourself? Do I look Canadian? We did it because we love our country and not for any other reason, no other reason. They can throw the money uh, for the pension fund out the window, they can throw anything they want out the window. We came because we love Canada. All right. Meanwhile, in Canadian, this is fresh, hot off the press. This morning in good old Canada, it's a bitter family feud that pits a multi-millionaire against his children. Ooh, what? Yeah. So this guy is 91 years old. What? He recently married a 55-year-old woman. Okay. And the woman in, in the interview says. I love him like a father. I want what? to take care of him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up, dude. Are you serious? Wait, 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 wait. What? Hey, that's a bullshit. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? That's, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, she's basically saying she married him because, like, do, do you believe that she's not after his $27 million? 
She says I'm not a gold. She says I'm not a gold digger. We don't know them. Can't assume. Maybe she does love them. Okay, I, I ain't there. I think to she assume. loves. It sounds like she loves him, just not in a sexual way. Look, I think, he, <laughs> I think he felt very lonely. He was by himself. He needed somebody to live with, and that's fair. Okay, sure. You're 91 years old. Nobody wants to hang out with you. You will feel a little lonely. But who's to say that we know her intentions? Okay, is there like what's going on? Is there a story in here where? There's more evidence against your your claims that she doesn't love this 91-year-old? Well, it's because the family's taking him to court and it's becoming this big, huge court battle now. Like, the kids are that, like, uh, they're saying uh, that the father, their father doesn't have the mental capacity to get married oh, and shit. all this stuff. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> okay. Like, it's a... Uh, oh, shit. It's a big deal, man. But here's the question. You, <laughs> he doesn't have the... Are, are the kids be, just being greedy? $27 million. They're not being greedy. You know she, what? These, she would get a third of it if they're since they were married. I believe there's there's a couple things going on here, okay? I, I do want to say this. For all of us that just just hate on the old people and just, you know, say that they forget things, blah, blah, blah. They're no good at this certain age, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get old too, okay? Who's to say this 91-year-old person isn't all up there? You know, knows what he's doing. This is the life he wants to live. He's gone, he's gone to 91. He's made some money. Probably knows what he's doing. Maybe he's happy. How how is he feeling here? What side is he on? Like, what's going on here? What the, you mean the guy who got married? Yeah, yeah. He no, he loves his wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so his kids are going. Dude, this is crazy. This is um. You know it's what? I, I, I'm not with the kids. I'm with them. I trust that dude. I'm living in a in an assumption free world. Bro, by the way, if yeah, you had what? set twenty seven million dollars, is that's is is that where you'd be living? Why not? You just chilling. Let's paint the picture for the listeners. Yo, it, looks know, like, it looks like the one-bedroom apartment that I grew up in when I was, like, two years old. <laughs> you know what this fucking looks like, bro? I'm going to tell you. It looks like a scene from a mafia movie, does it not? Does it a not? Bit, yeah, yes, it, kind of it does. It reminds me of Breaking Bad and, what was it, Tony? Tony Hermanos or whatever? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know characters. Anyways, yeah, it's follow it out if you're in Canada. Well, maybe we'll keep you updated on what's going on. Who's going to get the twenty-seven million dollars? Will it be the wife, the kids, or us, or this mob? Are boss. we going to get our hands on it, or is it going to be the mob? <laughs> Straight up, bro. we don't know. We don't know, man. We got to get out of here, yo. We got to get out of here. Silky and filthy Nux misconduct network. Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. Shout out to Robin. What's her last name? Pennington. Pennington. Yo, whatever podcast that she is working on, go follow that first, and leave comments and five star ratings before you come here. And do that to us. Because we give you four shows, bro. Four shows with one swipe, one tap. The quickie, Trevor keeps killing it. Just just went off on the Leafs. I, I felt like you were going to go way more off on me today. Because no. I've been high on the Leafs. You're saving it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm saving oh, it. I'm saving motherfucker, it. dude. You're I'm probably going to make the playoffs. I, so. you, I came here today knowing that the Leafs were on the agenda. And I was ready to come at you. Just defend myself a bit. But you, you barely came with the smoke. And I know you're saving it, you motherfucker, dude. It's going to come up on another episode of Silky and Filthy. Yeah, he's Kyle Bowen. I'm Trevor Beggs, and we'll catch you filthy bastards next time. Hey, that's a bullshit. <laughs>